I want to talk this morning, if you look at chapter 10, I'm just going to read a couple of verses and then, I'm going, then we're going to start. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make of the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers once purged should have no more consciousness of sin? But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. Wherefore, when he cometh, speaking of our Lord Jesus, into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Father, help us this morning, perhaps many for the first time, to understand, truly understand the significance of the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we would recognize how wonderful this is, how significant this is, and why there is nothing else that can be done about our sins. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I do want to take, I really just want to take a couple of moments. Pretty much everything that I want to express uh, is expressed in passages, but I want to make it um, simple and clear. Every mother in here has an understanding of what it is to bring a, a body into this world. When the baby is born, the baby is delivered in, in what we would consider bodily form. When the baby comes out, it's a little baby in a body. But you are not a body. That's not what you are. You're a soul. Every one of you is a soul. You have a body, but you're not a body. It's just the vessel that carries you around, yes? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, we recognize this. We recognize this clearly at a funeral, at a funeral, we will have typically right here, right in front of where I am right now, there will be a, a coffin, a casket, there will be something there, and in that there will be a body. Someone that we love will be in that, it will be, that body will be there. But we will almost always, and I believe as, a, as an absolute, I will always, when I'm preaching someone's funeral, make reference to the fact that they're not there. The body is there, but they're not there. Now, when a child is born... The person is in the body when the child is born, almost always. An exception to this would be what Matt and Amanda went through a little while ago when, when Christian's body was born, but he was already gone. And I held the body of what would be our grandson, but he wasn't there. And, 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 and it's a tough thing, by the way. It is a tough thing to, to hold that body. But he's absent from that body, and he's present with our Lord Jesus. Amen? Now, it makes it much easier that they're pregnant today. Amen? It does make it much easier to even discuss that. But the reason that I think it's important to bring this up is I want you to understand that this does not say simply that Jesus was born. It says a body was prepared for him. Listen, 
We needed God the Son to come to earth for us. And for Him to do that, He needed a body to do that. And so a body was prepared for Him. When our Lord Jesus Christ came, if He is going to be our kinsman redeemer, He cannot just come as a spirit. He could have come as a spirit. He could have come as a spirit that took material form if He wanted to. But He could not shed His blood without a body. And so a body was prepared for him. Now I want you to think about this. I want you to picture, I need you to picture every single offering that ever took place in the temple or in the tabernacle. Every animal's throat that was ever cut and the blood spilled everywhere. And this book, the Bible, this very passage is very, very clear that God got no joy in a, in a cow dying. When they, when they, when they, when they laid upon the animal, and they transferred their sins to this animal, and they slit its throat, God did not say, oh boy, I sure love to see a bleeding animal. He didn't. He didn't. That's a perverted idea of what the whole idea behind the sacrifice was. When they sacrificed, when this animal was sacrificed, what was happening was the person was acknowledging, God has said that somebody innocent is going to have to pay for my sins. Now there is one coming. The Messiah is coming and he's going to do that. And when we do this, we acknowledge that we, by faith, believe that the one who's coming is going to take away our sins. Amen? Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. How? How? Why? <laughs> he comes in this body to do this for us. If you go to John chapter 1, John chapter 1, I want you to see this. It's so important for you to understand this. This is, listen, I want you to understand this is why anything else that would be used as an offering for sin, your good works, going to church, being baptized, anything else that you would... Well, wait just a second. Honey, just go ahead and walk out with your mom. Um, I, was, I was watching um, the other day, uh, the run-a-thon was ending, and parents were gathering up their children and I, there was a father in a car and he was waiting for one of his sons to bring one of his younger sons over to the car and the younger son didn't want to go over to the car and, he, and I heard the father say um, to the older boy who was kind of leading him by the hand you don't have to drag him if I have to get out of the car then he'll wish he had just come over with you <laughs> and, the other, and the younger child just walked with his brother over and got in the car <clears throat> And it's simply, uh, it's simply, that's an expression of who we are. We want to do what we want to do. And the difference is, the Lord Jesus says, I come to do thy will, O my God. That's the difference. See, the, the significance about this body that our Lord Jesus has is it's the only, listen, I want you to understand, it's the only body, it's the only body that ever walked on the planet that did the will of God. It's the only one, the only 
one in seven billion plus souls. It's the only one that ever did the will of God. The only one. And that's important and that's significant. In John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ, in the beginning, and you don't know what that means. I don't either. This is speaking about a point in time when God wants to introduce to us the idea of what's going on. But we don't know what beginning is. We don't have any idea what beginning means to God. We have no idea what that means. But as far as you're concerned, he's saying, at the beginning, in the beginning, before there was anything else, God was already here, obviously. God was already here. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. Our Lord Jesus Christ was before anything else. But verse 14 says this, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Why? Now hear me, please, and explain this. Think about this. I want you to think about this. I want you to consider this. Why is it so important to you this morning that, Jesus, that the Word became flesh? Why? Why is this? Because the Father has no delight in the shedding of blood of bulls and goats. None. None at all. Listen to me. Please, please understand. When you, when you, if you're sitting here this morning and somehow you are justified through your efforts, through your religious efforts, I have done good things. And because I have done good things, God is satisfied with me. He is not satisfied with you. You have never done anything in your flesh that has satisfied God. For, for he that is in the flesh cannot, as cannot, Please, God. So it matters to every one of us. It matters to every one of us that you understand, that we understand that something has to be done for us because nothing acceptable is going to be done by us. Amen? Now, here's the strange thing about Christianity in America. There are many people that believe that what Christianity is, is it is a starting over again. You weren't doing what you should do you're willing to acknowledge that you weren't doing what you should do, so you go to church and you publicly acknowledge, I was not doing what I should be doing, but now that I see what the Word of God says about how I should be living my life, I will now live my life that way, and I will be justified by my new life. No, you won't. No, you won't be. Now, now here's the thing. If you could do that perfectly, you still wouldn't be justified by your new life because you still have to pay for your old life. But here's the really bad news. You're not doing it any better than you were before. Again, we don't behave ourselves like this young boy just did. Not often, anyway. And surely not in public. You may do it at your house. Amen. Husbands, but your wives are teaching you not to. Amen. <laughs> I remember my son Chris saying to me once, when he was old enough to talk when he said this, obviously, Dad, it's just a game. <laughs> And my response, listen, and my response was, but it's an important game. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. 
I want you this morning to delight in the body that our Lord Jesus Christ came and lived the perfect life in. And then he, listen, because of who he was. Do you understand? Not because of the physical body. He could have walked in any physical body. Do you understand? The one that he came in is the one that he used to fulfill all the will of God. Amen? And moms and moms, none of you had that kind of a child. Mary is the only one that had that child. That child is God the Son. Amen? And he came and he did exactly what our children, what your children, what none of us and all of us together cannot do. And Jesus did that. And Jesus did that. The blood of bulls and goats, the sacrifice, all of these offerings, God says all of that, the only point to any of that was it was to say out loud, there's someone coming who's going to shed their blood and that blood will pay for all the sins of all the world. Amen? And that's our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're just going to look at a couple more chapters. It is my promise to you that you will not be last in line today. Amen? Of course, you can look at it this way. You're not really last in line. You're just first for dinner. 2 Corinthians, but you won't be today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I don't think. And verse 20, and if you do, Chris took a long time with that song he was singing. No, I'm just... <laughs> Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. And I want you to say, boy, this is something to rejoice in right here. All your confidence can be right here. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. If you're not, be ye reconciled to God. Listen, listen. For he, God the Father, hath made him, God the Son, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen? Amen? That's how important that, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And this one who knew no sin, no sin of his own, he had no sin of his own, he became sin for us. Why? Why? That we, in order that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen? Now, at the funeral for Sam Hyde, the pastor that was preaching the funeral, said a couple of times, I can't exactly how he phrased it, but I want to say he phrased it like this. Now, this is a good deal. Now, this is a good deal. This is a good deal. Amen? This is a good deal. A body thou hast prepared for me, Jesus says. Amen? Not the blood of bulls and of goats. I can't even, can you imagine? I mean, honestly, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Just picture in your mind the body prepared for our Lord Jesus Christ. The angels sing on the morning of his birth. Amen? Yes? Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Why? Because that body right there is going to shed its blood for all of you. Amen? The baby in that vessel right there is God the Son. That's why. That's why. Because this little one right here is going to do what nobody else can. Amen? 
I remember years ago hearing a sermon. I want to say it was uh, um, J. Vernon McGee talking about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said the angels can't sing for sure until there's a resurrection, but they already know that there's one coming. Amen? In other words, the birth of Christ is of no advantage to us at all if he isn't justified when he's raised from the dead. Amen? In other words, if Jesus comes, lives an imperfect life, and lays that down, it is of no benefit to any one of us. But the angels know better. And on the, moment of, on the morning of his birth, they are able to sing glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill. Why? Because Emmanuel, God with us, is now here. God has come, listen, God has come to earth to pay for man, the creature's sins. And, and what's interesting is Don saying, uh, no, he didn't sing, he made reference to that, that hymn, well, might the sun in darkness hide? Yes? How, how can the sun, I mean, when you realize that when our Lord Jesus is dying on the cross for us, it was dark. But it wasn't nighttime. But it was dark. And they don't understand exactly how this takes place, but, but, but it's historically recorded that it did take place. When Christ is dying, I mean, you've heard it, that the, the sun itself says, I cannot shine. Now, I want you to think about this. Why, why, why? Why would God die for you? Why? Because you're such a good person? Honestly, are you worthy of the death that Christ died for you? And the answer is, there is none worthy. No, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. There was none that were even looking for God to die for them when Jesus died for us. But God commendeth his love. Yeah? We have no idea what love is. We are so selfish. We are so petty. We are so weak. The love of God is expressed to us in that while we were his enemies, while we were selfishly doing whatever we wanted to do, Christ died for us anyway. Amen? Amen? One last passage, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And we'll be done. Romans chapter 8. Verse 2. For the, law of the, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, listen to this, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen? It's just that simple. The law is weak. Why, is, let, me, let me say this. The law says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And you say, well, the law, what a terrible thing that is. No, that's a great idea. Yes? Anybody in here think it's a great idea to commit adultery or to lie or to steal or bear false witness or to kill your neighbor? Anybody in here think those are a good idea? Nobody thinks they're a good idea. No, nobody in the world thinks that those things are a good idea. Nobody. The law is not weak in his expression. The law is exactly right in what it's asking of us. Why then is the law weak? And you can just raise your hand. That's why the law is weak. Why is the law weak? Because of me. Yes? Because I can't do what the law says. The law says don't do this, and I say, I won't. That's Romans chapter 7. I won't. I won't do that. I won't do that ever again. Have you ever made that promise to God? 
I mean, honestly, anybody ever made that promise to God? Anybody was ever foolish enough as a baby Christian to say, I will never make that mistake again, God? And praise God he didn't say, well, when you do, I'm going to have to leave you. You know, I think, I know I've said this more than once. We had a young uh, Coast Guard um, uh, representative who was going to church here for just a little while, probably about six months. He found the church six months before it was time for him to rotate. And after he'd been here for five months, he was getting ready to rotate. He came to see me and he said, I wish I could stay here. I wish I could stay here because I, listen, I'm really growing and I really want to be the man that God would have me to be. And I said, why do you want to be the man that God would have you to be? And this was his answer. So that others will see me and know that I've become a good person. And I said, well, then you never will. Then you never will. I said, here's the thing. You might be conformed to the image of Christ if you're really a new creature. And But when people see you and say, what a good job you're doing, you will say, why do you look at me as if by some righteousness that's in me, I am made whole. Amen? Let me, listen, hear me, hear me. Please hear me. This will be pretty much the end this morning. You will never glory. You will never glory in your own goodness because you don't have any. But you can glory in his goodness. You can glory in his goodness. And here's the good news. He died not just, not just so that you don't have to go to hell, but so that you might have life. He said, I'm going to get the life that he lived, that perfect life that he lived walking in his body. He now is willing to live that life in your body. Amen. The comforter has come. The Holy Ghost lives within you. The same way that Jesus never failed in that body, Jesus is able to never fail in your body. Amen. Now, you're not able to do that, but he is able to do that. Christ in you, the hope the expectation of glory. How is it possible that we who are so weak and frail can have a life that we should have? And the answer is Christ lives in you now. Amen? He said, it is expedient that I go away. It is great for you that I would leave and that I would apply the blood and then I will send the comforter and everything you need for him to be, he will be within you. Amen? Amen? Now notice, by the way, notice, by the way, Jesus had a body. He had a body so that he could come and live a perfect life and then lay down that perfect life, shed the blood of that body to justify us so that he could send the Spirit now into your heart and life. Amen? His body did what your body couldn't do so that his Spirit can now do in you what your Spirit cannot do. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the passage in Hebrews chapter 10. I come, he says, he says, I come to do thy will, oh my God. And oh, thank Jesus that he came to do the will of the Father. Every single one of us should shout and rejoice because of what Jesus has done for us. And not only what he has done for us, but what he is doing in us now and through us now. What a difference it makes in our lives. 